Hello, Doug. <laughs> Hello, Karen. Hello, um, listeners. Hello. Hello. Okay, so, um, past couple days, I've been having a little bit of a sore throat. Oh, this is news to me, fellow listeners. I'm sorry, Karen. I know. So, I'm a little, like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, throw it out. So, I'm a hypochondriac. Um, I'm the person that if there is something wrong, I Google it and then I have the bad diseases. So what have you diagnosed yourself with now? Oh, COVID. I'm going to die. Oh, so this is our last podcast. This is our last podcast. (laughs) Listeners. (laughs) I love you all. Thank you for joining (laughs) us. Which is stupid because it's probably just the weather change. More likely more than anything else. Yes. Yeah, it's probably the weather change. I don't I sh- I don't have covid. I can't have covid. There's no way I have covid. Yet I have covid. Yeah. Well, you're strong, so you can fight this. I hope so. I hope so. How I, are you? I have faith. I have faith. I'm good and I don't think I have a disease right now, though my knee is bothering me and my foot was bothering me last week. So the Oh my god. Really it's probably go <laughs> Oh my god, it's probably cancer. That's where my yeah, head goes. Probably. That's where my head goes. Is that like that's like a, a disease? That's an illness. See, look, then now I'm like, that's a disease. You've diagnosed but... yourself with a new. D- and now I have a new disease. So yay. No yay. No yay. No yay. We're just old. Maybe that's it. So, uh, um, but hey, you can't die because I don't really want this to be your last episode. No, this would. This is not the one I want to go out on. Mm-mm. It wasn't terrible. No, I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying, like, this is not the one to end on. No, it is not. So, where to begin? Well, here we are. Season five. Episode eight. Now, I... Oh, yeah. Episode nine. Nine. Farewell, Mike's Concubine. Which I think is a very clever title. I do, too. Probably inaccurate, but okay. Well, slightly inaccurate. By the way, I guess... I know you have a tangent, but I'm going to interrupt your tangent before I yeah. forget with my own. Um, to those who do not know, there was a very good and successful foreign film in 1993 called Farewell, My Concubine. And oh, my God. Is, I'm... This title is a play on. So I just I didn't think everybody knew that because I know. Assume nothing. I know. You know what they say about assume. Ass of me. And you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so wait, you're going to say something. So, can I just say, this season, there's been a lot of action at the mailboxes. Did you notice that? There has been. They, like, realized in the writer's room that what do people do when they come home? They get mail. Yeah, so we've had four, uh, four seasons, five seasons, right? Yeah. Four seasons. Season um, where basically nobody got their mail. Yeah, I mean... The mailbox is kind of like the new pool. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, episode one and two, like, episode, season one and two, they use the pool a lot with parties. Yeah. And even into season four. And now the pool is now being used to swim in, um, but no more parties. And so the gathering spot is not shooters. It's the mailbox. It's the mailbox. So I guess what this really means is everyone's schedules have really aligned. They're all getting home at the same time. I guess they all have offices. It's almost always Amanda getting her mail and then someone else is there too, right? Yeah, and isn't it usually Sid? It's like It's Sid been goes- Sid. It was Matt in the season finale. I want to say Jane at one point. Right. Right. You know, I kind of like how Sid pokes the bear. Oh, for sure you do. With Amanda. And me too. Like yeah. She just pokes her. It's really great. Yeah, and yet there's um, eh, like... They're more of a parody between the two of them now than there was before. It used to always be, well, Amanda hated Sid and Amanda could always top her. And now it's kind of like Sid and Amanda are at equal height. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I would agree. I think that's true of what we've seen with Sid with just about anyone. Like, she's acting like such an adult and most of them are kind of less sophisticated than they could be less mature that like mm-hmm. she she's now like the typically the voice of reason you know i have to say he's grown up yeah i think in terms of like character evolution and she character growth 
they've given it to her. Nobody else has it. That's it. It's not like they've all evolved. She just has. Yeah. And it's sort of interesting to see that dynamic because you see that she is the only one that has grown on the on the show and then the rest of them are still sort of stuck in the, with the same behaviors and so it's kind of interesting to sort of see that she's had that it is interesting there is something refreshing about it and i also kind of miss season two sid yeah i know you know but i miss the troublemaker we Though, could still, so she still she, has those instincts yeah yeah yeah, but I think like I think that she could probably get away with a lot more now. Yeah. Like I wish that they had kept going with the porn producer thing. I know. I know. You know. I wish it had actually been a thing. Like, yeah, like if they had made it a thing and then she could have like moved out of Melrose Place into a mansion. Right. And maybe on the beach. Maybe on the beach. Maybe she could have had a beach beach house right next door to Michael and Kimberly. Exactly. But, like, you know, it could have been, like, I don't know. I just kind of feel like that was a real missed opportunity because that would have been super fun. Yeah. I don't know how they could have really played it out long term, but I wish it wasn't just a punchline. Yeah. I mean, I guess if they don't let Matt kiss boys on the show, will they let Sid be a porn producer? Oh, they would let her be a porn producer years before they would let Matt kiss another man. Well, true. True. Years. Actually, that gives me an idea for a book. I'm interested. I know, right? Anyway. Well, uh, I'm, uh, one day, I hope to hear more about the book. One day. But I guess we should talk about Yeah, well, one day, I hope to figure out what exactly I want to do with that, but I feel like I need to do something. So, hey, um, should we start with Matt? Yeah, that'll be quick. Let's just get so, out of yeah. Um, I don't like Matt right now. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. I uh, I made a a note that we'll get to that kind of jives with what you were saying. Um, Ooh. so Matt brings Doctor Hathaway to the complex on their first official date. And there's, like, this push-pull thing where Matt is being an aggressor. He asks him to come in, and Hathaway says that he's a one-man man, no casual sex. And and Matt says that, yeah, he, you know, he is too. And it's, it's embarrassing. The whole thing is embarrassing. And, of course, all they can do is hug. Yes. So, I guess... God, where to begin with this? I, I just, I feel like, I, I feel like, first of all, um, wh- where, where did this relationship, like, I know, like, I'm, I, I'm feeling like, where did this relationship come from? And I know that we, we kind of knew about it, right? We knew that this was going to happen. But like, the last time we saw them, the doctor, Dr. Hathaway was like, yeah, well, you know, I don't think you're ready and, you know, maybe someday and we're no longer doctor patient or like maybe they had like one last session and Matt only had one session. Like, I feel like this relationship has now sort of like come out of the blue, even though it hasn't. Well, no, but the, the like actual motivation is sort of non-existent, right? Because right. we had Matt in this dumb addiction storyline and then we had Matt not wanting to be in rehab and Matt not getting along with Hathaway and then Matt's out of rehab quickly and all and rehabbed apparently and all of a sudden he's like but I want you Dr. Hathaway I want to date you and he keeps pushing and Hathaway who doesn't seem to have any personality other than being a recovering addict and towing the line like I don't see what the draw is with Matt I don't see what Matt's what draw he sees in Hathaway other than he's a single male on the show. So we have to be paired up. I, like I've said, I'd rather Matt didn't have his own storyline and just, you know, functioned in someone else's somehow. Yeah. Like, don't give him nothing, but don't give him this side story and call it something. Yeah, because it's really, it's really a whole lot of nothing. All you've actually done is sideline Matt. You right. benched him. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I made a note that I don't like the way Matt is acting these days. He's kind of needy and pushy. Pushy. That's exactly the word. Yeah. 
like you know like like because what two days later they run they run into each other in the hospital i don't know if matt's stalking him or they happen to be together or whatever and the and matt's kind of like come on come on come on come on come on let's go let's go let's do it let's do it and let's let's have sex and and the doctor is like i told you to go away and think about it and i thought about it for two days and you're all i can think of and it was kind of like dude dude slow down yeah yeah, I, I did have that in my notes. I said, uh, Matt is pushy again. But also, they say then that Dr. Hathaway is actually working at the hospital. Because my next note is, since when has he worked at the hospital? Right, because he got paged to the fifth floor. <laughs> he wouldn't, Matt would have known who he is. They all would have known who this doctor is that's running this rehab clinic. So it's all lies. It's lies of Minnelli. It is Liza Minnelli. It's so Liza Minnelli. And so Liza Minnelli. So Liza. Um, jazz hands. But <laughs> yeah, it's been. I'm very disappointed in the storyline. I'm very disappointed in Matt. Um, and I just want it to stop. Yeah, it's boring. It's inorganic. It's anticlimactic so far. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, and I don't like what they did to Matt. I really no, don't like what they the did big, to Matt. That's the, the big disappointment there. Like, like he's not that guy, and they they're making him that guy. Kind of, like they're they're making him not the character he was this whole season. At With all. The drug use and the I'm not going to rehab. Fuck you. And now like being needy, pushy. Like this yep. is not the Matt we know and love. Exactly. Exactly. And Matt deserves better. Deserves so much more. Doug Savant deserves better. Yeah, I'd like to see Doug Savant do more. Yeah, I would too. So that's that. Um, we've got a couple big storylines. I think the thing we're going to find is men behaving horrendously across the board. I don't like the men. Okay. Um, partly, but not that they're all acting horribly as much as they're acting really dumb. But we could take our pick of any story and find an example. So okay. should, I know the episode picks right up where we left off with Kimberly and Megan. I mean, do we just do more of that? Yeah, I think so. I'm Is sorry. that a yawn? That was yawn. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so tired. I have COVID. No, don't be sorry. For the episode <laughs> putting you to sleep. I not me. So short, no. I'm so tired. It's not you. Right. It's not it's you. It's the COVID. It sorry. is the COVID. It's something. All right. All right. We better do this before you perish. Okay. Um, so so Kimberly comes to Megan's home, which, by the way, looks really nice. Um, she makes some good money. Yeah. she Yes, she must. Um, so, so Kimberly wants to know why Michael has been at Megan's. She understands that they've got this arrangement going on, but, but why is Michael at Megan's home? Um, and that's when they reveal that Kimberly paid Megan to service Michael, but only at the beach house. And Megan says, and now it's over. Or she says to Megan, now it's over. Um, but Megan says he won't want to go that easily. She's taken him to places he's never been before. Okay. Okay. Uh, sure. By that, does she mean Malibu? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, she might be in Malibu. I mean, but he's been to Malibu. Anyway. 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 Um, so... They kind of, Kimberly just kind of leaves. They end it there. And then we see Michael um, telling Kimberly that he'll be interviewing with Dr. Shulman, who's the one that really had it in for Matt and the one who was in Pretty Woman, um, that he's interviewing for chief of staff. And then he tells Kimberly he broke up a drug ring at the hospital, <laughs> meaning Matt and I guess the other student residents. Yeah. Um, which, I don't know, was that on the front page of Wilshire Memorial Weekly? Because it sounds like it was a major sting. Um, and I don't really know that that Michael was the one who was instrumental in putting the kibosh on it, but whatever. Um, but he's doing this in the office. Uh, so since Kimberly is the receptionist, when Michael makes a phone call, she's able to just push a button and listen, and he's actually calling Megan. Um and he comes to see Megan again, and Megan tries to send him away. Um, we next see Michael in the hospital, um, and he tells Peter that he need that he needs a letter of recommendation 
from Peter for the chief of staff gig and that he has written a letter of recommendation that all Peter has to do is sign. Um, put a pin in that. We'll revisit that briefly later on. Uh, Michael and Kimberly <laughs> are having dinner. Um, and they have like an odd exchange. Um, and Kimberly goes in there. They're eating on like a patio. And Kimberly goes inside to change clothes and she comes out uh, in this seductive little number. But by then, Michael is inside. I guess dinner's over and he's fallen asleep on the couch. Um, he's been busy. Well, he, we know that and she knows that. But she knows that too. He doesn't know that she knows that. So, so I, she says kind of out loud to herself that she just wants him to love her like he used to, which. If you remember, the way he has loved her in the past was not always great, but okay. Yeah, but okay. Um, so, so to she, remember the good. She, we all, well, you know, she has, uh, you know, her own brain issues now anyway. So maybe selective memory is a symptom. Um, so she goes to start kissing him. And as he starts to awake, he blurts out the name Megan. Um, so that's not great. Um Next time we see Kimberly is in the hospital. She comes to see Michael, who's not there. Um, and Matt starts talking to her. And again, it's like both Matt and Kimberly have forgotten all the bad blood between the two of them, especially like, you know, attempted murders. Um, <laughs> and Michael's like, oh, Matt's not, or Matt's saying Michael's not here, but if you want, I can page him. I can tell him you came by. And Kimberly starts acting and feeling very out of it and her hand starts trembling she she's able to flee before matt can see any of this she sees it we see it in the elevator right um so this is like we assume like a side effect a of whatever's of going on brain with tumor. the brain yeah. tumor right they're not saying cancer they're not saying i'm not even sure if they're saying brain tumor they might have just said mass i'm not yeah, sure they, i think they just said mass but yeah we, um, I, I guess it's a tumor and um, I think the next thing we see is Michael with Megan, or excuse me, Megan comes home to find Michael calling all her clients and uh, yes. <laughs> she's out of business now, um, or out of the business, I should say. And he tells her that he wants her to be his mistress. Not that he's leaving Kimberly for her, just that because of his entanglements, he's not leaving his wife, but, but he wants her to be exclusively his mistress. Um, so, it was. It felt so eighties at that moment. Like I was like, "Wow, this feels super dated." Nobody has mistresses anymore, do they? Don't they? Well, I don't know. Do they just have hookups? Like I think they just they're have still calls, infidelity. Right? What'd you say? They, they. I mean, yeah, they're still in. There's infidelity, but a kept mistress? I don't know. I guess maybe only rich people. I don't run with the rich people. Yeah, I think it's probably an upper classy thing. Like, I yeah, know, and it was that so like, cheat, but it's not typically cheating consistently with the same loyal partner. Right, and the idea of like mistress, yeah. like you, like he's like, I'll take care of you. So he's conceivably going to uh, pay all the bills. That's a rich person thing for sure. So it must be a rich person thing. Yeah. Okay, I don't run with the richies, so I guess I wouldn't know. Yeah, I can only assume. Everything yeah. I've learned, I've learned from TV. So, to me, I just have to assume that's what they do. Okay, so that's what the rich people do. But how can they be rich if the practice is struggling? I feel like everyone's finances change from week to week. Wow. Because, you know, I would assume, like, Peter is struggling, and that must be affecting the partnership, because he is a partner. So, like, if he doesn't have any clients like wouldn't or patients i should say well, this is what confuses me is it that the practice is losing patients or is it that patients refuse to be seen by peter and michael is just handling them i think it feels like the patients were leaving the practice except for michael's patients but to but in this episode it looked like michael was stealing peter's patients so but then how do they keep saying the practice is in trouble because of Peter's issues? Because the practice me. isn't in trouble. Beats it, me. 
if that's the case. We don't know how this works, and neither do the writers. Okay, so they're just making it up as they go along, too. Yeah, with, okay. with even less be cold than we have. Okay, great. Um, and I feel like this is how the episode ends, then. Michael drops Megan off while Kimberly is hiding in the bushes outside Megan's house. Um, so Kimberly approaches Megan again, but this time Megan says she has feelings for Michael. And instead of repeating what Kimberly has said in the beginning, which is you have to end it, Kimberly says, no, it's okay. You can have Michael. I'm dying. And they have this slow-mo fade out. And they have the slow-mo, yeah, and the fade out. Eh. Um, go ahead, by, by all means. It, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the worst in terms of storylines. It was also... I feel like it was more setting something up. And I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with this. Because this is not like Kimberly to lie down. Right. No, not at all. Even so, even though this was her idea, the idea was to get through, like get Michael through her, you know, her situation of her inability to be intimate with him, to get him through that with somebody who was going to, who was supposed to be no strings attached because she was clear. She clearly knew if she couldn't deliver the goods, he was going to go elsewhere. Michael say goodbye. Yeah. You know, and so this was her way of being able to keep the marriage together. And now there's like a lot of wrinkles in her plans here. So first she gets. Including the, her pending death. Including her pending death. So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with this. Like all of a sudden, does she miraculously get okay? Like, you know, survive whatever is going on with her. The mass disappears. And now she has to grapple with Michael and um, Kelly Rutherford being together and having these feelings. Um, I'm not sure. I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Yep. And play out, it shall continue to do. And I don't like so I don't dislike it, and I feel like this is setting it up for something better down the line. I just hope that they don't disappoint me. Um, yes, well, the jury is out. We shall see, and okay. I see. I'll see how I, you know, how I view it twenty four or whatever, twenty three years after the fact. Um, I will say I am kind of feeling the way I feel about the Matt storyline, which is because I know that Marsha Cross can do better. I feel like she deserves more than what she's being given here. But I'm being patient to see what fruit this might bear. I don't know. I thought she had some nice moments. And I felt like I could see the conflict going on with her. I actually really liked the moment at the end with her and Kelly Rutherford. I was meh on it. But I think it's not because of her. I think sometimes I don't really like... Kelly Rutherford. You don't like her. You just don't like her, and that's okay. No, 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 no. I do. I, I actively dislike Brooke Langton. I'm just kind of like meh on Kelly Rutherford. Okay. I like her. Well, you're in luck because she's on the show for the rest of the run. Yay! Her and Lisa Renna. This is great. Renna is not on through the end. Kelly Rutherford is, but Renna is not. Well, that's okay. We, I mean, but we got had, her. But we got her. We only had two more seasons, right? Yeah. So I'll be okay, I think. All right, moving on. I think we can very quickly get Jane out of the way. Oh, let's. <laughs> that's not, yes, let's. <laughs> okay. In the beginning, Jane sees Jake in the complex and says she's thinking about moving and promises to keep her distance. You know, they're. Things are potentially weird with Jane and Al Jake and Allison living one room away from Jane. Um, later, Jane goes with Sid to Kyle's. And of course, uh, despite everything Jane has been through, it only takes her one second to see what Sid's got herself going on with her crush on the married Kyle. And she warns herself, she warns her, talks about her being a glutton for punishment, um, but excuses herself. Yeah. And as she's walking home, she calls her parents home in Chicago on the payphone. She calls home home, mom and dad home, and says she wants to visit them, that she doesn't know who she is anymore. So yeah, Jane will be in Chicago, I think, the next time we see her. And that will open up her pretty sort of 
final storyline. The final storyline for Jane ever? No, well, not ever, but the one that builds up to her leaving the show. Uh... Jane does return in season seven, but Jane leaves mid-season five. Oh, spoiler alert. I thought you knew that. I really am sorry. I didn't really think I was spoiling anything. No, I did not know that Jane left in season five. I yeah. mean, I knew that she left eventually. I did not realize that she left left. Okay, well, uh, forget I said anything. Then. No, it's okay. I think that she, I feel like she's run her course at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because we talk about it like the writers are trying to do what's best for the character. And really, it's they're trying to do whatever they have to with the people on the canvas until it's time to replace them. So if the actors aren't leaving of their own volition, then they're just going to keep them in the hamster wheel. But I think what we have found is that some of these characters have found new hamster wheels, like Jane, like Billy, like Allison. Right. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense because what, I mean, what have they given Jane this season except be psychotic or mopey, right? Um, Where does she go from here as a character? Where can we take her? Right. You right. know, and they've just beaten this, they've really beaten this poor woman down at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Michael. She was always at her best in the moments where she was empowered. And they've not just made her the victim, but they've made her like, uh, like a really like dark victim at this point. I'm just kind of curious, what are they going to do with the boutique? Um... The boutique will remain, I believe, for a while. Okay. Because I'm just like... I don't even know. I'm not even sure that they would change the name. But then who owns it? Like, what is she going to give it to Sid? She could still own it remotely. I guess so. Oh, well. I I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. It matters. I'm not sure I remember. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean... Did you also find the other thing that I found, like thought was really curious, and it could have been such a great moment? Jane didn't notice the paintings in Kyle's. Oh no! <laughs> like I was, I was sitting there waiting for her to kind of look up and be like, "Hey, wait a minute!" And then Sid having to be like, "Okay, Jane, you can't say, <laughs> you can't say who the artist is." And I felt like that was such a missed opportunity. That would have been great. And that would have been a better way to out Sid. If Jane had realized, oh, I've seen Sam painting all these things at home. What are they doing here? And Sid, if she like hemmed and hawed a little bit, could just completely give herself away in a very Sid way. That would have been much better, Karen. You should have written it. I know, I know, because I mean, one of the paintings he has didn't it actually hang in the window of the boutique, and that's how he saw it. Yeah, that's, that's how he saw it. Yeah, so I mean, it's like these are clearly Sam's paintings, and Jane just was like yawning, kind of like I was, and being like, mm-hmm. I just, I just don't want to stay here, and I'm going home. Goodbye, Sid. And I'm like, oh my god, such a missed opportunity. You're right. You are right. I should have been right in the sucker. Yeah, well, if we could turn back time. I know. Like, as, as Cher says, as the, as the Oracle Cher says, if we could turn The back. Oracle. The Oracle Cher. Um, okay, moving on. Um, the rest of these actually, I feel like, tie together so well, we might as well just do it in cron order. And I do okay. have notes. Okay, go. Um, so this will actually start with Craig who is another one that I feel very mixed about, in that I feel like we get mixed messages. Um, Me too. And so he's making this play for Sam. He sends her flowers. Um, Then Sam sees Billy playing pool at Shooters. um, And (laughs) Billy is goading Sam (laughs) about Craig and him, you know, like, making a move for her and but you know again billy you don't have a claim on anyone you didn't with allison you don't with samantha we are adults in this world um and then craig and sam have a date but it gets weird here yeah because 
she invites him in. She's going to, I think, like, say, like, oh, you want to come in for coffee or whatever. Um, and he starts just making a move. He, like, goes at it. And then she goes, she pushes back. She goes, no, but I'll make some coffee now. And then he doesn't want to stick around. So it's like, I don't really know what we're getting. Like, are, is Craig type A? Is Craig trying to make, like, Billy mad? Is this about conquest? Does he actually like Sam? I don't know, but I feel like they're pulling him in different directions because right now, like, that's a jerk-off move. Like, I agree. I completely agree. Like, you can't get any positive notes from what we've seen Craig do here. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, he was, like, pawing at her, and when she was like, no, like, we're taking, like, things are moving too fast, he was like, yeah, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. And I was kind of right? like, wow, like, that's a that, dick move. That's like if Sid was on a date with one of those guys and this one didn't take his clothes off but just, like, kept going at it. And she was like, no, I said no. He would leave and we'd never see him again. Craig isn't really acting any differently. Whatever. He's a jerk. Right. He is a jerk. He is a jerk. And I was kind of like, wow, that's a dick move. And I was like, run yeah. away. Like, run away, Sam. Run away. Yeah. You don't deserve this, Sam. No. Um, so something odd happens at D&D, though. Well, it's odd in that Billy tells Amanda that Arthur had a secret board meeting about a reorg. But Billy wasn't there. So how does he have this intel? Who told him? How did he find out? It's, it's odd. And of course, it's not really how, you know, people behind the scenes make these sort of plans. But but Craig has scheduled a pitch for a client called Midline Airlines. Yeah, don't you remember them? Yeah, that's the one from the beginning, right? Right, yeah, like, like, like early on. Like, like, yeah. Like it was one of Allison's clients. And I remember right. it was one of Allison's clients. So Amanda freaks out when she finds out that Craig scheduled, Craig scheduled this pitch because she knows he's going to blow it. Um, and she turns around, leaves D&D, and goes straight to the client um, and she essentially does a, don't you know who I am? The, the boss has told his receptionist to say he isn't taking any calls from anyone. She goes, I'm Amanda Woodward at D&D Advertising. And I was like, all right, you're not Julia Sugarbaker in Designing Women. <laughs> Rain it back in. Um, uh, and, and then Craig comes out of the room on his way to the elevator, and it does not seem to have gone well. Um and she, she tries to, she, like, uses it as leverage that she will then go in to save the account for D&D in exchange for the files of this reorg that he knows his father has. Right. But I don't know what Craig is trying to accomplish here because, again, these are the mixed messages, but he's a daddy's boy. Like, he doesn't have to do right. anything. He can just ascend in the company because dad's running the show. If he does want to prove himself, then just get a job somewhere else and climb up the ladder the professional way. The way he's doing it now is like half passive aggressive, half aggressive aggressive, but either way he's making D-bag moves. Like he's not doing anything right. He's not saving his rep in any way. And he also clearly doesn't have the stuff. So just sit down and fetch the coffee and your time will come. Why are you... Why are you throwing all of this stuff in disarray? Because it, you're not going to get any more business or any higher promotion than you will just waiting for your dad to give it to you anyway. Right. No, I completely agree. It, and also, I can't figure out Amanda's endgame with him. Why is she going along with this? Because she wants the minutes to the meeting, I guess. But it still feels like, you know... I don't know. It, that felt wrong, too. That felt odd. Like, it didn't feel right. Aren't the files kind of beside the point, if you know that there is a reorg? I mean, either, yeah. either your job is being threatened or it's not, but you need to just start acting as though it is and figure out ways to save your hide. Yes, right. saving a midline account bodes well for you, but knowing that they may be looking to get rid of you and some other people doesn't arm you any more than knowing that the meeting took place. So it like, I don't really understand why she needs this so bad. I guess in this right. sense, just more about what we'll learn about Craig. 
Right. And at this point, it would have made more sense for Amanda to show up at that airline and talk to that CEO and saying, I'm I'm breaking from D&D. Why don't you be my account? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why would she go in there and fight for a $2 million account for a company that she is clearly being booted out of? Like, I don't know. I feel like Amanda would not be working so hard for this and would be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah. Let me break away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like if anything, now is the time that she needs to break away, particularly since, you know, we found out that she's, that, that this Craig dude is like, like we found out that Amanda doesn't actually own the damn company, which for four seasons. You know, like, like I assumed she owned it or, you yeah. know. I mean, if I were Amanda, I would just update my resume and call recruiters and and see where else I can go and run the joint. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because we've never, she's never had to deal with a board or um, somebody in a position above her, really. No. I guess maybe <laughs> during season one, there was that guy that died. You mean Bruce? Bruce. Season oh. three, hon. Oh, season three, Bruce? Yeah, she had a boss in season one, and that's the one who left when she got married, and Amanda got promoted into her role. But right, but that was still. Either way, like in the very beginning, she was not running the company. Then all of a sudden, she was just the boss. And whether there were people like a board of directors or something above her, a CEO, perhaps they seemed to be blind to whatever was going on on the D&D floor. Um, But now, all of a sudden, we find out it's different. Uh, Apparently, Amanda is very good, so she should just leave the company and, uh, you know, claim a higher price elsewhere. Right. I can't imagine that she is not known throughout the industry. She was, of course, nominated for that award that Allison ended up winning. Yeah. The next time we see Amanda is when the scene you were mentioning is at the mailbox. Yeah, and Sid, ha- she and Sid have a moment. I forget what they're ta- they talk about, though. Well, Sid talks, she asks about the ring that Peter bought. Oh, and she says, right. either, either she is able to read every situation perfectly or she was actually just being nice. I'll go with the former. And she goes, yeah, I saw Peter showing it to Kyle and Taylor. Um, So that sets off Amanda's spidey senses, which are not wrong. Uh, When Peter comes home, Amanda goes, how much time did you spend with Taylor while I was gone? Um, And he gives him a chance to come clean. He lies, says there is nothing to tell her. Uh, Amanda doesn't believe him, but lets it go and goes to bed, presumably not to talk to him for the rest of the night. Did you happen um, to notice that she was eating a bowl of mac and cheese? Was it mac and cheese? Because I thought it was cereal. Cheese. It was mac and cheese. Alyssa, what did you think Amanda was eating? Risotto? Captain Crunch? Captain, you thought it was Captain Crunch? It could have been gnocchi. It probably oh, been that's gnocchi. right. I thought it was cereal, and Alyssa said it could have been gnocchi. But I th- No, it was, it, was, it was mac and cheese, and it was the, um, the like, not the spiral. It was, like, the little, yeah. the the little bits. The yeah. tubes. Yes, the tubes. Wait, did she have a spoon or a fork? Yeah, she had a spoon, but you eat mac and cheese with a spoon. Oh, I eat it with a fork. I'm not saying well, you're I, wrong. I'm I saying eat it with a Amanda's spork, wrong. but I mean, I... You Wait, do you have it. sporks? I do have sporks. Plastic? No, titanium. Whoa. I know. Well, that's all I have to say about that. But yes, so Amanda was eating... Mac and cheese when she has the fight with Peter. Yes. Well, here comes my favorite part of this episode. Okay. Um, Amanda actually asks Allison for help. This she was not, nice. This is nice. I loved it then. I love it now. This this thread, I love it. She yes, has I agree. a bag of bagels, which look like disgusting LA bagels. Um, and she knocks on Allison's door and asks her to come back for a short-term consulting thing just to focus on the midline account and do the pitch. Uh, and the consulting fee is $5,000, which for I would say 
then 23 years ago was even better. For three days' work. For three days. That's how important it is to keep this account. And the only person who can apparently do it for sure is our girl, Allison. Um, she, she tells Jake about it, and Jake's real uneasy. You know, she says he takes care of her fine, but she does need her financial independence. So right. I don't know how many people actually are worried about this, but that's where they let it sit for the time being. Um, Kyle also comes to D&D because, um, again, Amanda did take on the restaurant account. Um, and Kyle and Amanda do not get along here. Uh, she tells him to keep a close eye on Taylor, and he tells her she's insecure about Peter. Um, and we don't see this, but apparently later Kyle comes home and tells Taylor everything that Amanda said. And right now Kyle and Amanda hate each other. And Taylor and Kyle... Where did that come from? I feel like I feel like that their dislike, like Amanda always didn't like Taylor, but I felt it didn't, like I mean it didn't exist until we saw the scene. Right. Okay. Because I Kyle felt like the anim- there was no animosity yeah. with Kyle. No, Kyle is typically very stupid and turning a blind eye to these things, and all of a sudden he's like kind of got everyone's number because it's convenient for him to, but. No, he and Amanda have never had a crossword at each other. Amanda has only had a problem with Taylor and the way she's she's circling around Peter. And, like, Kyle, like, is really aggressive with her. And I'm sort of sitting yeah. there going, then why do you have your restaurant account with Amanda if you dislike her so much? Right. I mean, that's an excellent question. But then you, know, you it, get a chance to see him. Yeah, Maybe. like, it just... It just came completely out of the blue. Yep. It sure did. Yeah. Um, And now we finally see Taylor. He asks her to meet him in a parking lot. I don't think it was the, like, the practice parking lot. I think it was just, like, a random lot at night that would be empty. Um, and, And that's when Taylor says, yeah, Kyle told me that he thinks we're fooling around, but it doesn't matter. That's when Peter again brings up how he's losing patience, right? Yes. Like people, clients, patients, not not the ability. Not patients, yeah. Right. Not patients, patients. Um, and he says he wants to tell Amanda the truth, and Taylor begs him not to. So he agrees. But this is where he he's just acting very stupid. Well, and again, who cares? Just and it, why do you care? Why do you give Taylor any power? And again, like, here's my question, right? Like, do we think Taylor's making up the Kyle thinks something's going on between us? Or does Kyle really think something's going on between them? And if so, how come we haven't seen that? No, I don't think that Kyle, I don't think that Taylor's making it up. I think that Kyle went home straight from yelling at Amanda. And he was like, I yelled at Amanda because I think there's shit going on between you and Peter. But no, we should have seen that scene. Once again, we don't see this. We should have seen any scene where Kyle, who so far is the only one we know to have been adulterous in the marriage with Taylor, is accusing Taylor of having adulterous feelings for Peter or even acting on them. Yeah, and Peter, who has been Kyle's BFF since he moved to since they moved it to the yeah complex to, yeah. to Los Angeles so it doesn't it that also did not ring true also though if you think that Taylor and Peter might have something going on Kyle go yell at Peter he lives across the pool from you right <laughs> yeah you know the yeah. I didn't enjoy seeing any of those scenes okay but also again I think did you ask if Peter believes what Taylor had told him about being the sister no. Oh, okay. Um, why, like, why is Peter this stupid? Whatever, whatever is happening, whatever Taylor want, like, Peter has to know that it's weird. Peter should know, like, no matter what, Amanda is my wife. So let right. me just be honest with her. Right. That is all. Peter has no ties to Taylor's family. He hasn't spoken to them or thought about them since before he was even exonerated in the trial of for for Beck. So and he doesn't know treated... Taylor or anything, and he didn't have a connection to Taylor 2,700 years earlier anyway. 
And they treated him like shit, too. Apparently, yeah. 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 Um, but he says, all right, I won't tell Amanda. Which, at this point, Amanda has given you a chance. You've had a couple chances to come clean on your own. You're covering something up. So now you're wrong. Now you are guilty. Um, we do have a weak kind of scene, presumably the morning after, as Kyle and Taylor are eating breakfast, and he says he doesn't trust her. Um, but we should have more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think the next thing we, we have is we're back at D&D, where a girl, Allison comes back, and I wondered if that other colleague, Guy, was going to be there to say hello. And Guy is there. Guy says hi. Allison says, hi, Guy. Nice to see you. Um, and even funnier is the first time Allison meets Craig, um, and she doesn't take any of his crap, which I love. Um, yes, that's it's great really when great. Allison is not plagued by whatever the storyline needs her to be and can just be a professional adult. Because um, she, like, just sails right over anyone. Um, and I have a note saying I don't understand why Craig scheduled the meeting. But did Craig schedule the midline meeting? Or was that Amanda? I think that was Amanda that scheduled like, the meeting. Yeah, it I don't know why. I don't know uh, why I wrote that note, so so we move on. Uh, and then we go back to Shooters, where Allison comes in. She landed the pitch, was so good, that Amanda offered her a full-time job with a raise, which I will pause to say is a scene I wish we could have seen. Yeah. Um, and then she tells Jake that she plans to turn the offer down. She goes, it's still a disgusting business that I have no interest in being a part of her return to. Um, and in turn, he feels like he needs to up the ante on his end, even just professionally with Allison. He offers her a partnership with Shooters. And she says, kind of turns him down. She's basically like, no, I don't need that. You don't need to bribe me. Like, yeah. I'm here because I choose to be, because I want to be. Um, I don't think she says those specific words, but that's basically right. what was her response. What you I thought was me. also kind of funny was like the scene before when she tells him, when she tells Jake that she wants her financial independence and she made a mention that like she lost all her stuff. In the oh yeah. Yes. And she needs to buy new clothes. Yeah. And then the next day she's in this meeting and she's got a suit on. And I'm like, well, clearly she went out, she went shopping because I don't think she had that in her wardrobe. You know? <laughs> I mean, literally she left with the clothes on her back. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Cause she's like, yeah, I lost all my clothes in the fire. I was like, I was right. You don't have any possessions. And there we are. And there we are. And then she had the blue suit on. But she must have she must have bought it on her credit card. And yeah, he must have and we'll pay the credit card off with Amanda's five grand. Yeah. Three days of work. You know, good for you, Allison. Yep. Good you go girl. You go girl. Um, and that's all we get of Allison and Jake. But we get more Amanda, of course, and more Peter. Um they come to terms a bit in the apartment. Uh, he apologizes for being a jerk, and she very rationally says that she is punishing him for not being the same as he used to be, um, but that things have changed just since, you know, uh, his it was institutionalizing, whatever the word is there. Um, and then there's a cute moment where he says he bought her a new ring, but this is a mood ring. Mm-hmm. It's Which I don't ring. think ever actually worked. A ten dollar mood ring, yeah. Yeah, a ten dollar, a ten dollar mood ring. Um, so things are looking kind of good for Peter. He actually, and this is what I said we would put opinion earlier. We see him talking to Dr. Shulman uh, about the chief of staff position, and Dr. Shulman basically says like Michael doesn't have what it takes, which is something we as human beings and watchers already know. Um, for the role and that they're really going to keep looking. Um, and Peter, so that he doesn't give Dr. Shulman the recommendation. Um, and Peter is probably now interested in said role. 
which I don't know that Peter's the guy you want. Again, they forget the fact that like Peter actually almost killed Amanda and went to jail for a little bit two years ago. But, you know, again, selective memory. Yeah, it was great when he was like, well, you know, I had the job once before. And I was like, oh, boy. You left a few things out, Peter. Yeah, you did have that title. And yet. And yet. And I loved how he was like, you won't hold it against me that I was found not guilty. You know, when I was found, they, you know, they, they dropped the charges, the murder charges. And I was like, Peter, it might not be about the murder charges. It might be about how you attempted to murder Amanda It might, in the operating room at the hospital. You like, you know, embezzled money and nearly wrecked her company. And- well, we're essentially talking about two different um, incarcerations. Because there's the Jasmine guy trying to kill Amanda thing. And then there's the not guilty thing just from Bobby's death. Right. So we're talking about his not guilty for Bobby's death. But they're playing fast and loose with his time before that. When he was rightfully incarcerated. Right. Which, again, Peter's bad news. Right. But they just, you know, they just kind of forgot about that. Yeah. And again... If you have come into the show new, then you will just never know this. Right. Because, I mean, really, would Amanda go... I mean, I know we've sort of... Okay, maybe this is the dead horse we're beating here. But would Amanda have even gone back to Peter in the first place after everything that had happened between them? You mean like him lying and trying to fire her and trying to kill her? Yes! No, No, she would not. No human being would. No, she would not. Especially not her. Like, it's kind of crazy to me that they didn't just try and find a new actor to join the show and become Amanda's paramour. They brought Jack Wagner back and just tried to rehabilitate him. Um, Like, I get you bring him back for the shock value of he bails Kimberly out. What is his new angle? But really, to become Amanda's equal and the de facto male lead of the show, it's kind of like, but... This is not who you can be because we've seen your true colors. Um, and also, I like you better when you're playing naughty, not nice, anyway. That's really why you know he who, and Michael work so well together. Because they're both you know better who, in the bed. You know who they should have brought in? Rick Springfield. They should have brought in Rick Springfield. They should have brought they in They should Rick have had a sing-off for Amanda, actually, is what they should have done. Yes. I think they should have had Rick Springfield come in and be her, you know, be the guy. Be the guy for Amanda. Well, I know Doug would have enjoyed that in 95 or 96. Yeah. Because I feel like they brought Jack Wagner back for ratings. Like, well, I don't Rick even Wagner think... Had, that... He had, like, a high enough profile that it, uh, that it was... That was good thinking. Yeah, because I don't think that... I don't... I really don't think that they brought him back as, like, a you know, to come back in for Kimberly's storyline and, oh, well. No, 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 no. That was just, like, right. a, a little twist for an episode, yeah. Gotcha. Because I just feel, I feel like they brought him back for the ratings, and there are so many more people they could have brought in for the ratings, like Rick Springfield. I think Rick Springfield would have been great. Do you think in the mid-90s he had any cachet? I mean, I think no more, no less than Jack Wagner in the mid-90s. I just feel like at that point, Jack Wagner had 10, 12 years of general hospital fandom to bring with him. But I think Rick Springfield had like his three years that went back to the early 80s. I don't know how many people. Yeah, no, he had. Yeah, except that he maybe maybe they were just. considered too old or something but i remember probably there is that yeah i remember some time ago um maybe 10 15 years ago now uh rick springfield like did something in new york and like he got like rushed on the subway with like all of these screaming female fans like he's got a huge fandom like it's a huge female fandom that this man has believe it or not and it started with dr no drake at general hospital and expanded out where he like they follow his music, and I don't think he's a particularly good musician, um, but he's got these legions of fans that follow his music, and it started with the whole Dr. Noah Drake thing at General Hospital. So I really do feel like he had a fan base that would have been, and I also think in terms of like excitement from the media, I think that would have also been a big story. 
I'm trying to think in the mid nineties. I guess I was just not talking to the right people. They were not Rick Springfield fans. Like, I don't think, I really don't think that this would have been like a blip. Like, I really feel like it would have been, like, it, it, it would have been interesting to have Rick Springfield come back in a nighttime soap opera. I think that a lot of people remembered him from General Hospital and loved him on General Hospital. And to have him come back in a nighttime soap like Melrose Place, I think would have been a very big deal. I, uh, yeah, and he probably would have been up for it. I have to say, he was very good in that Meryl Streep movie, Ricky and the Flash. I'm sure he was. I love Rick Springfield. Yeah, I, I recommend that movie to all. Directed by the late Jonathan Demme. I think, um, I think Rick Springfield should have a career resurgence. I'm down for it. Or I'm here for yeah. it. I'm up for it. I'm, yes. I'm here for that. Or, John, or, or, okay, if it wasn't Rick Springfield, it could have been John Stamos, even though he was doing... I mean, he would have never... Do you house. think he would actually... You know what? Probably not in that moment, no, but if it were now, if it were a little bit later, when nighttime soaps had a little bit more uh, cachet to it, I bet he would have said yes. Ew, but he was doing Full House back then. Like, you think that had more cachet than Melrose? Well... No, but I, I do think it would have been a, considered a step back. Really? To a primetime drama, yes, but a primetime soap, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. When you've got somebody like Heather Locklear and Jack Wagner? I don't know. I don't know either. We'll never know. We but are. we've got Jack Wagner. We have Jack. And we have David Charvet, which is... Who, all we have left to talk about again. Ugh. More Craig in this episode. More Craig. So Craig comes to his dad's house. And at that point, I wonder, where does Craig live? We'll find that answer out in a second. Does, mm-hmm. And he, he, so he knocks didn't on... You, but didn't you feel like, I'm sorry, didn't you feel like we were at Haley's house? Like they just oh, were yeah. like... Same exact, yeah. That same that were the, it's the same house, yeah. right? It's the exact yeah. same house, right? I mean, yes, I think it might be a different room, but it's got to be the same house. Yeah. But the establishing shot outside was it's totally the same, different. like rich person Pasadena house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he goes through his, he goes into his dad's office, opens the drawer, and finds his dad's confidential files. And it turns out, it has actually been bequeathed to Craig that since he turned twenty-one, D and D belongs to him, not his dad. No, not Arthur, but Craig. Pretty wild, right? Yep, and no sooner does he see this than, of course, Arthur comes in and catches him in the office. Um, And I have a note that Arthur catches him and becomes Brian Adams. And I guess what I mean by that is he goes, everything I did, I did it for you. (laughs) Oh, okay. He doesn't say, I want to run to you. He doesn't say, this cuts like a knife. He says, everything I did, I did it for you. Um, And Craig is mad because his dad deprived him of this business that he didn't earn but was entitled to. Um, Even tells his father to drop dead. And Alyssa was like, oh, is he going to drop dead of a heart attack right now? And no. That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for him to drop that. that. Um, But we do find out, yes, Craig lives at home. With Daddy yeah. in that in Haley's house because um, Daddy sent him to bed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, go to your room. Yeah, he was um, like, oh, oh, go to your room. He he like literally sent him to bed. Yeah, but it's a this is war moment for Craig, who's going to turn the tables on Arthur. What exactly this means for D and D, we will have to wait and see. Again, they uh, they're giving us a lot of Craig. Um, and I'm not sure what we're supposed to make of him. Because I'm seeing more bad than good. So I'm not on his side. I'm not on his side yet, either. But maybe I will be. Maybe it's, I'll change my mind. Um, actually, I can say, I think you will be by season's end. But I think we have a long road to get there before then. Interesting. And I'll, I've already spoiled one thing. So I'm going to really stay mum as much as I can about everything else. All right. 
And that's the episode, guys. But also, again, not really farewell Mike's concubine, because Mike's concubine kind of seems like she's here to stay. Yeah, she's stuck around. Yeah. She's stuck around. Again, this, I believe, was another Sweeps Month episode back in the day. I'm having a hard time believing it was Sweeps. You know, we they, well, they could have done better, but we know they've done worse. Because we yes. sat through the season of it. Yes, they have done worse. And there you have it, guys. We are now one quarter of the way through the fifth season. And I'm out of gas. And Karen may not be around for any more podcasts. So send her your love. Send, send love, send sympathy, send flowers. Yep. I, I will say, for throat someone throat. with a sore throat, you soldiered through valiantly. Thank you. I appreciate that. But now I think you need to go to bed. I am going to go to bed now. So, um, you guys, my dying wish is that you give us five stars. I mean, if there ever was a time. Now is it. If, let's, if let's we get five stars on. on iTunes, I might be able to carry on. See, now, guys, you can actually save Karen. Believe Karen. <laughs> Believe that giving us five stars will give her life. <laughs> save me. Save me. That's right. If only we could play some Amy Man on the way out. Um, Karen, feel better. Feel better real soon and don't die. Um, Thank listeners, you. I also hope you feel well um, and stay well uh, and give us five stars. Um, and let us know what you thought of this episode, uh, Melrose wise and podcast wise. We hope you feel good. There's no Hollywood Boulevard this week. We're sticking to the block. Um, and in a week's time, hopefully, both of us uh, will be back on the block. Yeah. So, so feel good. Thanks, thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.